Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. All right, well, we're starting this series called Habits. It's all about a new year, of course, new series. And of course, we got to talk about habits, right? Because at the new year, it's all about habits, okay? But before we jump into it, I want to remind you of a habit we have here at One Life. And it's more than a habit. It is really who we are as a church. And that is small groups. Come on, everybody, say small groups. Small groups, man. It is not what we do. It is who we are. We are a community of small groups. And small groups take a break around the holidays and then we kick them back up in February. So we're just a few weeks away from it. And I want to remind you of that so you can go ahead and mark your calendars and get community on your schedule. And here's why. Because listen, in community, in life-giving community, there is a life change that you will experience. In fact, let me say it this way. No one ever does anything of significance alone. Behind any great man or any great woman is a great team, a great family, and a great community of people gathered around them. And that's exactly what we want to do here. We want to create opportunities outside of Sunday to where you have the opportunity to connect with people. And notice I didn't say connect with perfect people, because how many of you know they don't exist? They just don't. And if you're here and you think you're perfect, God bless you. We love you. Uh, but, you know, I, that's a series for another day, okay? But we're not perfect, okay? So let's pull back the mask a little bit. Let's get real. We need community with real people focusing on God. And what happens through that community is just something amazing that Scripture talks about. And that is just life change. And we want to see you experience that. In fact, uh, your best year will be in 2022, your best year of your life. I mean this, I promise. It is if you are in community. I'm just telling you. Can I hear a better amen for those who are in small groups, okay? And so I mentioned this to you because some of you attended small groups this last semester. And in the semester, you felt, man, I could do this. In fact, I think we should lead a group. And you've just been waiting for your sign from God. Well, my friends today, here is your sign. And that is we are doing small group leadership training. Throw it on the screen. Look at this. Two weeks away, everybody. That's your sign. We're doing it on the 23rd and the 30th. You don't have to go to both, but we would just encourage you to go to one. It happens during this time frame. At 11 a.m. In fact, the greatest expectation for this class isn't that you necessarily walk out leading a group. Now, that would be awesome. But it's that you walk out of that class with relationship and understanding or having a better understanding of why we do small groups and how we do small groups and how they can change your life and your family. All right, that's enough about small groups. But I want to remind everybody as we jump into today, we are a message note-taking church. What does it mean? Man, it means we love to take notes. But I know some of you, you're probably like me. You're like, "Ah, I don't know about all that note-taking. I get it. You can continue to not take notes. That's fine. But can I encourage you to possibly try something you've never done before? Because maybe, just maybe, you might receive something from God you've never received before. And I'm just saying, when you take notes, you can text OLC notes to 94,000. The notes will show up right there on your screen. You can follow along. You can fill in the blank. You can even email it to yourself or email it to a friend. Here's the beauty of notes. It's one thing you guys to come up in here on a Sunday and hear some great teaching from God's word. Silent in this church. Maybe that's the other pastor, right? But it's one thing to come in here and hear God's word. It's a whole other thing to be able to know how to live it out Monday through Saturday, to have God's word right there in your hand, okay? And my job isn't just to inspire you and to encourage you, my friend. I want to see you living your best life in 2022. And it's not just going to come from attending on a Sunday. It's going to come from applying the principles you're going to learn today in your life, every day of your life. Amen. Amen. All right. So I know, listen, I know pastors always kind of come up with these puns like 2022 is going to be the best year ever. Can I just be honest with you? It really will be. It really will be if, if you'll apply the principles that I'm teaching you today. In fact, if you'll put the right person in the right place in your life at the right time in your life, my friends, it equals the power of Christ changing your life. It is so true. And so my hope today is that not only you hear about the habits, but that we learn how to walk in the habits and the disciplines that Christ gives us through Scripture. So let me just start with this. Why do habits matter? Why do they matter? Well, they matter because people who live their best life, they do everything, or excuse me, people who live their best life, they do consistently what other people only do occasionally. 
I don't know about you, but I want to live my best life. And so in order to live my best life, I've got to put some habits in my, in my life in place, the right ones, and do them consistently because that's what equals the best life. Now, here's the thing. This is true in any area of our life, and we get this. If we want to be physically fit, or in fact, if you see somebody who's healthy, you're probably thinking, dear God, they got the grace of a diet and health gene in their life. Can I just tell you, that is not why they're healthy. You know why they're healthy? It's because they're living a disciplined life. They are doing, they're living their best life, doing consistently what other people only do occasionally. Same is true with people who are financially free in their money. People who have money in the bank, guess what they're doing? They are living consistently, small disciplines in their life. You know what it's called? It's called saving everybody. It's called living a life of margin. Not all of us want to do it, but those who have money, those who have money in their bank account, and those who are debt-free have learned the discipline of not spending more money than they make. And this is how people become debt-free. The same is true with those who are close to God. If you've ever seen a man or a woman, you're like, man, if my family looked like that, if my relationship with God looked like that, man, my life would just be so much better. And can I tell you, behind every man of God and behind every woman of God, there are habits that they are living consistently in their life that are helping them become close to God. Habits matter. In fact, Sean Covey says this, we become what we repeatedly do. And isn't that the truth? The way I like to say it is that we form habits and then our habits form us. And there isn't really a better time to talk about it than the beginning of the year. Why? Because we're all making what? New Year's resolutions, aren't we? Like, come on. And that's great. It's great because what it tells me and what it should tell you is that you want to change, that you want a fresh start, that you want a do-over, that you want to reset. And that's great news. But here's the problem about a resolution. You ready for it? 92%. <laughs> it's crazy. Studies show that 92% of all those who make New Year's resolutions, their resolutions would have failed by February. And we know it's true, don't we? Right, because all a single, every single one of us in this room have decided, you know what, this year I am not going to eat as many, as many McDonald's French fries as I have the past year. And then you drive by the Golden Arches and you're like, nope, forget that, man. Give me some, come on, give me some Mickey D's. Am I the only one? You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> like these are our goals. In fact, I shared, a, <laughs> I shared a joke last week and somebody kind of corrected me on it and made it a little bit more funnier. But I was talking about going to the gym. Like all of us decide every year that we want to go to the gym. But my problem is, it's the hardest piece of equipment that's there is the front door. Like I have a hard time getting through the front door and somebody corrected me and said, no, pastor, it's not really the front door of the gym. I mean, that's important, but it's really the front door of my bedroom, my house and my car before I even get to the gym. And I'm like, you got me there. Like, that's good. It's so true, isn't it? Like, we have these great intentions. We want to do things well, but they typically end in self-dissension, these arguments with ourselves, and we're trying to figure out, why in the world can I not do this? And in fact, we can relate to a guy in Scripture by the name of Paul. Paul, who you would have thought would have had this thing together, man. Like, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Like, I mean, he's planting churches all over the place. And look what he says. Maybe you can identify with this. Romans 7. He says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what's right. Like, I want to stop eating that junk food, man. I want to stop procrastinating. I want to get up early. Man, I want to be closer to God. But here's the thing. I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Can anybody relate to this or is it just me? Right? I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but somehow, some way, I just seem to do it anyway. And then he connects falsely so, his failure with his identity. Look at this. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Can we just be honest for a minute? Like, take off the mask. Like, many of us in this room, this is how we feel. Like, man, I'm no closer to Jesus this year than I was last year. I'm no closer to my wife or my son or my daughter or that relationship that's been broken. Like, I am no, like, the disciplines that I wanted to put in my life, like, I am nowhere near that. I have failed. This is how you feel. But notice how Paul, he doesn't just end there. He begins to ask an important question. He says, who will free me from, and then he begins to pinpoint the solution. Who will free me from, I know what it really is. It's this life that is dominated by sin and death. Like who's going to free me from this problem? Who's, who's going to do it? And thank God it didn't end there. Paul goes on to say, he says, thank God. I know the answer. The answer isn't in me. The answer isn't in my resolution. The answer isn't in my ability or my want to or my willpower. My friends, the answer to set me free from my bad habits is Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
Jesus the Christ, the one who has the power and the anointing to break sin out of your life, to free you from sin. He's the only one who has the power to get rid of that bad habit in your life that's keeping you from becoming the best version of yourself. And it is my hope today and throughout this year, my friends, that you experience the power of Christ, the power of his love, the power of his resurrection, taking you from death to life in every area of your life. My hope, my friends, as you experience the truth that Jesus said, who the son sets free is free indeed. This is my hope for you. But many of us as Christians, we expect God to do everything. But you know, the truth is there are some responsibilities that we have in the process. In other words, there is steps for you and I to take in order to live in freedom every day. We got some choices we need to make. And so it's my hope, man. You just didn't come in here today just to let me just mark my calendar and go, okay, check mark, got the list, got it done. No, my hope is today you've come with an open heart to hear God's word, hear God's voice, be able to not only hear it, but then go, you know, to understand it and begin to apply it in your life so that you can go from where you are to where God wants you to be. This is my hope and my hope that you're desiring today. So let's just begin here. Where in the world do we start with all this? Like, I want it. My hope is you're saying, man, I want it. I want 2022 to be my best year ever. Where do we start? Well, my friends, I preached this message last week. If you missed it, I want you to go back and listen to it. But I would be remiss if I didn't re-mention the fact that the most life-changing, life-changing habit that you can apply in your life for 2022 to be the best year of your life is one word, and that is repentance. It's repent. See, a lot of us think that repent is a bad word. And I just want to remind you, it's not a bad word, everybody. Outside of the name Jesus in Scripture, repent is the most life-giving, refreshing word in the entire Bible. Because many of us have this misunderstanding. The, the truth of the word repent, it means this. I was walking one direction. I was headed toward death. I was going down a path of destruction. I had these bad habits in my life. I was going through this cyclical pattern of depression and confusion and just, I just feeling horrible and guilt and shame and pain. And you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to turn. I'm going to repent. That's what the word means. I'm going to turn. I'm going to course correct. I'm going to go a different direction. You know what? I'm no longer going to be in control of my life because I am a bad God. I'm going to give my life to the God who created me, who has a plan for me, has a hope for me, has a future for me, and I'm going to take a next step. And with every step, I'm getting closer to his love, closer to his grace, closer to his goodness, closer to his mercy, closer to his unfailing love. I'm making the choice to turn, to repent from my sin that is clouding my mind that's clouding my decisions. I'm repenting from the things that have held me back from becoming the best version of myself. And every single one of us, including myself, have got to come to the place, not just once, not just twice, but every day of going, God, I'm allowing you to search my heart. God, if there's anything that stands before me in you, I willingly give it to you because your, our relationship together is so much more important than that bad habit or whatever that might be that you're pointing out. So Lord, I give it to you. I repent. I turn. I want to go towards life. And it's just not a once and done, man. It is an everyday decision. In fact, I read this verse last week. It's important to read it again. Acts 3.19 we repent. What do we do? And we turn. That's what it means. I'm turning to God. Why? So that my sins may be wiped out, may be obliterated, that my conscience can be clear, that the weight of the guilt and the shame and the pain can be lifted so that I can experience the freedom and fulfillment that is Christ Jesus. So I could see the significance of my future. Too many of us can't see how to even take a next step because sin is clouding our judgment. And so when sin is removed through repentance, now all of a sudden I can see. Man, I can see the next step. I can see with clarity the hope in the future that God has for me. Why do we repent? Here's the beauty that times, oh my goodness, somebody needs to hear this. That times of refreshing may come. My friends, there's many of us in this room, including me from time to time, where I'm tired, I'm worn out, I'm exhausted, like I'm depleted. Like we get to that place where we're like, you know, God, I love you, but like life is not really worth living anymore. And if you're honest, some of you have probably come to that place. Maybe you're watching online. And if that's you, I want you to understand the reason we get in those places isn't because of what's happening to us. It's simply because of what's happening, something deeper, something that's happening in us, my friends. 
It's because we've allowed the world and its ways and its culture and its bad habits to infiltrate our soul. How? Through our eyes and through our ears. It's infected our heart. It's infected our soul. And it's affected our relationship with God. We feel like God is 10 miles away. And God isn't 10 miles away. He's standing there with arms wide open. But you can't hear him. You can't feel him. You can't experience him. Why? Because you have sin blocking the way. It is when sin is removed through repentance that that barrier is removed through Christ Jesus, by the way. Not because of what you could do because of what has been done through him. And when your conscience is cleared and when your guilt is gone, the time of refreshing comes. So what does it look like? I shared this verse last week. It's a Psalm of David, 51. We got to get to the place where we get on and create in me, God. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew, like renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. I got to point this out. Salvation isn't a burden. If it's a burden, my friends, you've got sin in your life. My friends, salvation is a joy when your sin and your guilt and your shame is removed by the power of Christ. And David is simply saying what I'm encouraging all of us to do if we want 2022 to be amazing is that to come to the place of repentance and say, God, create in me, restore the joy of my salvation and grant me, here's the key, grant me, give me a willing spirit to sustain my life. Notice I didn't highlight it, but the word sustain is really important. What is it saying? It's saying, my friends, the greatest habit that you and I can create in 2022 is the habit of repentance because the habit of repentance will create in us, sustain our life. It will sustain our joy. It will sustain our relationship with God and with others. How? Through repenting. 2022, my friends, before we go any further, will be, will be the best year of your life when the condition of your soul is set free from sin. When it's set free from sin. This is God's word. This is good preaching. Thanks, Pastor Ed. So it begins with repentance. And then it's followed by what I told you that I would share with you today by giving some very practical next steps. Okay? And that is living a God-first life. In other words, it's followed by creating some healthy spiritual habits in our life or some systems that allow us to become the man or woman of God that we've always desired to be. Because it's one thing to have a goal. It's great to have a goal or resolution. But what's the system or the process that's going to get you there? Because you got it's, it's more than just a thought. It's an action. you got to have a plan to put in place. And so what does it look like? Well, glad you asked. Number one, if you're taking notes, if you texted OLC notes to 94,000, write this down. you got to give God the first of, of everything. Notice, I didn't just say give God the first, but like of everything. Why is the first important? It's a great question I think we should ask. The reason the first is so important, because what you do first is what you value most. What you do first is what you love the most. What you do first is what's most important in your life. Now, let's be honest for a minute. Again, we're a real church. Pulling back the mask, we're real people. If 90% of us were honest in this room, we would say, you know, what's really most important in my life is is me. It's me, myself, and I. It's this number one, oh my, me, my, what I like, what I want. You know, come on, Toby Keith. I know some of y'all know who Toby Keith is. <laughs> it's this narcissistic nature of self. Me, 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 me. My wants, my desires, my passions, God. Me, 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 me. And we bought into the lie that says in order to succeed in this life, we got to take care of one person, and that person is me. And it's a lie. And the byproduct of that lie, we've all experienced hands raised, feet raised in this room, is worry, anxiety, stress, fear, and you name it. Why? It's because when you're depending on yourself, you need to understand something. You and I, my friend, we're not enough. We're not enough. Why? Because you are not God. I'm not God. And we're not God. And so why? Because we depend on ourselves, we experience worry, anxiety, fear, shame. Why? Because we're broken humanity. We're not meant to carry such weight of trying to be our provider. And so we end up asking ourselves, God, I barely made it through 2020. I barely came scraping through 2021. I don't know how I'm going to make it in 2022. Why do we do that to ourselves? It's because we are focusing on ourselves as the provider instead of focusing on God as the provider. 
Jesus speaks to this. In fact, God developed a plan to put Jesus on this earth to show us this truth. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, I want you to seek first. Everybody say seek first. first. Who? You? Your ways? Your will? Your want? Your desires? Your passions? Nah, friend. Uh Uh-uh. No, seek first. Whose kingdom? God's kingdom. His righteousness and all these things. Time out. What is he talking about? All these things. You ready? The necessities of life, your food, your clothing, your shelter, the things you need for your marriage, your home, your finances. The necessities of life are the things that God will give you in 2022 and beyond when what? When you put God first. Listen, if the right one is in the right place, let me say it this way. If you take your eyes off of yourself and put your eyes onto the Savior, my friend, all your needs will be provided. Not your wants. Sure is quiet in this church. Listen to me. God is not your celestial Santa Claus. God is not in heaven going, oh, just tell me what you want, what you need. Okay, let me grant that wish, grant that desire, grant that command or demand. No, 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 no. No, God is God. God is holy and God is good. And here's the thing about a good father. You ready for this? Good fathers don't give their kids always what they want. But good fathers will always give their kids what they, what they need. I'll always give you what you need. May not always have what I want, but I'll always have what I need through Christ. How? When I put him first. When I seek him first, I'll have food, clothing, and shelter. I don't have to stress out about 2022. Why? Because I serve a good God who takes care of me when I put him first. When I put him first. So here's the question. What does it look like to put God first? Right? That's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to give you four things. Number one. First of all, the way we do this, the way we live this out is we've just got to decide that every day, the first of my day, I will just be with God. I'm going to be with God. I'm going to give God basically the first of my day. And some of you are thinking, well, Pastor Red, I mean, like, I'm a night owl. I'm going to give my time to God at night. And that's cool. You can do that if you want to. But here's the truth. There is something special. There is something powerful about the things you do first in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, there is a commanded blessing from God when you get yourself into alignment and the first words out of your mouth are, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for this day as crazy as it's going to be. I don't know what's in store, but I just trust you. There is something power. What does it do? It gets God's attention. The first gets God's attention. And when you give him the first part of your day, the best part of your day in the morning, my friends, I'm telling you, get ready. Look out. All your needs, food, clothing, shelter, necessities of life will be taken care of, will be, not maybe, not might. Did you read the word? It said, will be when you seek him first. So it begins with our day. So how, how can you break this down? I've shared this before. I'm going to share it again, and I'll share it again in the future. It's something that my pastor taught me. It's called the first 15. Everybody say first 15. It's simply where I've decided to try to take the first 15 minutes of my day Five minutes in God's word, five minutes in worship, and five minutes in prayer, and just present that to God. Now, the reality is it's not always 15 minutes. We're not going to get legalistic over, oh, man, it's 14 minutes and 30 seconds. No, it's not what it's about. The goal of spending time and being with God is to be in a place where it's uninterrupted, and then it's quiet. It's just you and the Lord to where you can begin to hear God's voice. And there's something about doing this first. And so what I would say, and then try to encourage you with is to find a Bible reading plan that you like, okay? Because when it comes to reading God's word, can we just be honest? Like, it should be the most life-giving, inspirational thing we read, but a lot of times we don't know where to start, right? It's like, do I start in the New Testament, Old Testament? You know, where do I go? Where do I start? Do I just jump in at a chapter, flip the book open and start there, right? I get it. And it's because many people haven't really taught us how to read the Bible, And I think one of the best ways that you will ever be able to understand your Bible is to try this. I'm just encouraging you to try it, is to read through the Bible chronologically. Like in order to be able to read through the Bible from beginning to end. And I've taught a message back on this in the fall. The Bible was not laid out in chronological order, okay? It's grouped by sections. And the chronological Bible will allow you the opportunity to read things from beginning to end in the order that they happen. And I don't know about you, but that kind of helps a brother like me, okay? Right? It keeps the story kind of consistent. And so if on your phone, smartphone, dumb phone, go to your app, download the YouVersion Bible app. 
It's an amazing app. There's a, on the bottom of that app, there's a place you can hit plan. In the search bar, type chronological Bible. And guess what's going to show up? Chronological Bibles. And it gives you the opportunity to be able to read that. Now, here's the thing. As you're reading through God's word, I need you to understand this. I'm the kind of guy that doesn't compartmentalize the word, worship, and prayer. I kind of do all three at the same time. Let me tell you what it kind of looks like. For me, let's just pick a very familiar verse we're all familiar with. John 3, 16. Okay? If I'm reading John 3, 16, and that's the verse of the day I come across, I am doing this. For God so loved the world. God, I just thank you for loving me. Like before I even get to the rest of the verse, I'm just taking a moment and I'm talking to God. I'm praying. And I'm worshiping him in my prayer. I'm like, God, you're so amazing that you love me despite the fact that I probably wasn't even loving you. Like, you love me first. So you love me, and you gave. Like, for God to love the world that he gave. Lord, you're not a taker, man. God, you give, and you're a good father. Thank you for giving to me. And, and then you read the rest of the verse. Give who? His one and only son. God, thank you for Jesus. Like, you gave me your best. What am I doing? I'm reading God's word. I'm talking to God as I'm reading God's word. And this doesn't have to be out loud. It can be right here in your thoughts. There's something powerful that does happen when you speak it out loud. But I'm also worshiping him. How? By thanking him. By just saying how much I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me Jesus. Thank you for just the life that I have. I'm saved from my sin. Not because of what I've done. No, but because of what you've done. You're simply saying, I just need to believe in you. Wow, that's amazing, God. And I've just spent the matter of three, maybe four minutes on one verse. And I've talked to God, I've worshiped God, and I've prayed to God. This is the reality of how, in my opinion, the Bible comes to life to you when you begin to break it down. And so, is this helping anybody? Or like, Okay, I told you this is extremely practical, and I just want to give you some tools. I want you to see how this can kind of work in your life. So we're going to create a habit, giving God first of our day. Number two, we're going to give God the first of our week. And give God the first of our week. And I've made this declaration that I will worship God with God's people. Come on, everybody say this out loud. I will worship God with God's people. Here's the question. What is worship? What's worship? I think many of us think we know what worship is. So let me just define it. This is Webster's Dictionary. Worship simply means to regard with great extravagant honor, respect, and devotion. And when it comes to God, I just need you to understand this about worship. Worship is not about you. Worship is about God. Worship, hear me out, is what we give. Worship is not what we receive. Worship is what we contribute to. Worship is not what we consume, everybody. Worship is his worth, not your worth. Worship isn't just coming to church. Worship is being the church. Worship, it isn't consumption. Worship is contribution. Worship is being a living sacrifice, offering our bodies wholly to God, our time, our talents, our abilities, everything that God has given us as a sacrifice of love, adoration, honor, respect, and devotion to God and his kingdom, everyone. This is worship. Romans 12, 1, look at this. Therefore, I urge you, Paul says, like, I'm pleading with you. I urge you, One Life Church, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to put God first. How? By offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. What's he saying? I want your life. I want all of our lives to show honor, devotion, respect, love, and all in worship of God. This is holy, and this is pleasing to God. And by the way, this is your true and your proper worship. Notice it didn't mention anything about three songs on a Sunday. Worship is more than just three songs on a Sunday, everybody. Worship, according to God's word, is when we've leveraged our life. We've leveraged our time, our talents, our ability, our resources, our gifts, our thoughts, our creativity. Worship is when we leverage all that God has given us for his glory, for his honor, for his kingdom. It's for God. Worship is when we offer our lives as a living sacrifice to love God. Now, here's the thing. How do we love God? It's more than lip service. 
Loving God is a heart that cries out to God, but loving God, truly loving God, truly worshiping God is when you begin to take a step to serve God. You begin to apply his principles in your life and you begin to recognize that this life isn't just about me. There is more to this life and I'm called to make a difference with my life. Not just the first day of the day, not just at the first part of my day, but at the first part of my week. And many of you have done that. You're in this room today because you've decided, you know what, I will worship God and I will worship with God's people, but I'm just gonna encourage you and challenge you that God, there is more to God's best than just one hour on a Sunday. Worshiping on a Sunday, yes, with song, yes, come, yes, but worship God as a living sacrifice and serve on a Sunday. Well, you got to say that because you're a pastor and you're just trying to get people on the team. No, I lived this way like 20 years of my life serving Jesus before I was even on a staff somewhere. I'm trying to teach you the principles that will allow you to become all that God's called you to be, that will get you to the place where you'll experience God's best in your life for 2022. Well, how do I do that? How do I take a step to serve with my life? Very simple. We have a class that's called Discover. Two steps to the process. Today is step two. It's all about purpose. You're in this, cl- uh, in this service today, so you're not able to, att- you know, to attend it, but check it out. It happens on the second and fourth Sunday every month. So I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't do it, go to this class. It's a lot of fun. It happens at the end of this hall on the left. Our team will be there to greet you. What is this class designed to do? It's designed to help you discover your purpose and to see that you should be a steward of your time, your talents, your abilities, or your creativity and your thought, and to see how it plugs into the body of Christ. And we don't call them volunteers here. We call them the dream team, and they are my hero because they are men and women of God who have taken a next step to not only worship God with their mouth, but to worship God with their feet and to serve with their hands because they've recognized that they are the church and they don't exist for themselves. They don't exist just to consume. They exist to contribute, to make a difference and to serve the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. This is your true and proper act of worship. It's being the church. We're gonna give them our day. We're gonna give them our week. We're also gonna give them the first of our month. First of our month. I love this declaration. I will honor God with my schedule and my b- 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 <laughs> It's hard to say. <laughs> Budget. <laughs> there we go. What you value will always show up on your calendar and your budget. Well, pastor, I don't have a budget. <laughs> Therein lies the problem. What you value will show up on your schedule. What you value will show up in your budget. I can tell more about a person from their first 10 entries in their checking account about what they value. I can tell a lot about what person values by looking at their calendar. I guarantee you, 100% of you in this room, what has been on your calendar since 2021 for 2022? Vacation, baby. Come on. Going to the coast, going to the call, going to the club, wherever it might be. It's on there. Why? Because you value it. It's important to you. So all I'm saying is that one of the best habits that you can get involved in by putting God first is with your schedule. So when it comes to your schedule, very simple, put God on it. Make sure you're scheduling time. Because if you schedule time, it'll happen. Number two, make sure your family's on it. Because a lot of people, man, they think, well, I honor God with my time on my calendar, but they don't really honor their family. And I'm just saying... You honor God when you honor your family. And you need to spend time and invest time with your sons and your daughters and your spouse and your family or your friends. Just invest time. Put that on there. It's important. When it comes to your budget, here's the thing. Just make sure you honor God in your budget. Just make sure you honor God in your budget. Okay, great. Right, Pastor Rat. This is the day that I decided to come to church because I know where you're going with this thing. You're going to talk about giving. Yes, I am. You are right. I am going to talk about giving, but it's not my opinion that I'm sharing with you. I want to share with you from God's word what God's word says about living a generous life with your budget. Now, let me just give this statement. Please feel no pressure. Like, you don't have to do this. It's okay. Like, you love Jesus, you're going to heaven, man. It's great. But there's more to just living this life to experiencing God's best. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you what scripture says about your money. And about living a generous life and putting God first with it. Look at this, New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Remember this. 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Now we get that. We live in Idaho. Come on, agriculture. Where are you at? Yes. But whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now here's the problem. We all want the back end of this verse. I want to reap generously. We all want that. Come on, man. Pull off the spiritual makeup for a minute. We all want to reap generously. We do. So the question is, what do we do in order to reap generously? Well, those who sow generously will reap generously. Verse goes on. Look at this. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart. Time out. Notice that it is a thought out decision. If you're married, it's between you and your spouse and God. If you're not married, it's between you and God. It is a thought out decision. It's prayed over. You ask God, you listen to his voice, and you respond to what he's put on your heart of your decision. Not reluctantly, like I'm not going to go at this hesitantly, like, yeah, I don't know about all this, or under compulsion. I'm not going to give because some person two feet on a platform over my life has spent a whole hour teaching me how you should give because God says you should give. No, don't give because you're forced to, not at all. God hates that, but you know what God loves? He loves a cheerful giver. God loves people who give cheerfully. God loves and delights in the giver who loves to give everybody. This is God's word. And God, look at the rest of the verse. You ready for this? He's able to bless you abundantly so that in all the things you're freaking out about in 2022, your food, your clothing, your shelter, the necessities of life, God is able to do what? To bless you abundantly so you don't have to freak out. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be stressed out. No, 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 no. If you get this sowing and reaping in your life, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, not just some things, no, no, but in all things at all times, I love this, having all that you need. Not all that you want. All that you need. Food, clothing, shelter, necessities of life or every situation in your life. Why? So that, here's the key, so that you will abound in every good work. Hear me. The reason God wants to bless you is because he wants you to be a blessing. And where you are a blessing, my friend, God smiles on it and he will bless you. Why? Because he can trust you with it. Why? Because you're not going to hoard it for yourself. You're going to give it away so that it makes an eternal difference for his kingdom, his glory, his honor, his name. This is the kingdom of God. This is how it works. Now, continues so much good news. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. What is he saying? God is the provider, not you. God is the provider. He will also supply and increase your provision, your store of seed, and will enlarge. Every single one of us in this room or watching this online, if you're honest, you want to increase and you want to enlarge every area of your life and blessings from God. You do. I do. We all do. But guess what? The increase and the enlargement isn't a harvest of a fat bank account. No. What is it? It's a harvest of, of righteousness. It's a harvest of you experiencing the fulfillment of Christ in your life. Experiencing the joy of doing some ridiculous things. You're like, that doesn't even make sense why I'm giving to this. But God, the joy that I'm experiencing because you're using this for your work. Thank you. It's this righteousness. It's this fulfillment that comes in your relationship to God that happens when you... So generously, you reap this kind of generous life from God. It's just the law of sowing and reaping. When you prioritize God in giving, look at this, you will be enriched in every way. Every way. Why? Why? So that you can be generous once a, time, once a month, once a Sunday. No, no, no. So you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, who's us? That's the church. Through the administration of the church, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Your generosity will result in people giving thanks and praise to God. Your generosity will lead people to come to experience the good news of Jesus Christ and their salvation is secure in him. They're no longer dying and going to hell. Why? Because you were generous and we, 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 we stewarded the generosity in a way where we got it to local, globally, and national missions across the world. And because of that, because of that dime, people are coming to Jesus. The results in thanksgiving to God. This is why we give. It has nothing to do with us. It's everything to do with God, everybody. It's God. And check this out. This service that you perform, this giving, it's not only supplying the needs of you. It's this not, it will. God will give you all things that you need. It will supply for you, but it's also overflowing. 
in many experiencing, I just said it, many experiencing thanks to God. That's why I can stand on this platform every Sunday and say, thank you for your generosity, church. You're an incredibly generous church. Because of your giving, it's going in places you can't physically be. But you're there spiritually. People are giving thanks to God because of it, locally, nationally, and globally. This is incredible. When you put God first in your day, in your week, in your month, in your schedule, and in your money, my friends, you ready for this? It not only refreshes others, but it refreshes you. Look at Proverbs 11.25. A generous person will prosper. Time out. If all you see are dollar signs under the word prosper, you are missing it, my friend. This doesn't mean that you're going to get rich. That's not what it means. It means that you will have all you need when you help someone else in need. You will always have what you need when you steward what you have to help somebody else in need. Whoever refreshes others, law of sowing and reaping. Whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Can I get a good amen from you if you agree with this statement? Okay. So we can give out the first day, week, month, schedule, budget. Number four, we'll close with this. And that is the first of our year. We're going to honor God with prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. And I want to invite you to join me in on this. So today begins day one of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We do this twice a year as a church. We do it in January and we do it in August. We've done this since the inception of our church. We're doing something a little bit different this time. And that is on Wednesdays at the church office from 7 to 8, we're gathering at the church office. And we're going to have a time of what I just talked about earlier, the first 15, right? A little bit of word, a little bit of worship, a little bit of prayer, and a little bit of communion. We're going to do communion together as a family. We're not only going to do it on Wednesday, we're also going to do it on Saturdays from 9 to 10 at the church office. If you go to our website, olc.church, swipe down, click the button that looks like that. It gives you the details, the address, and everything. Now, here's the thing. Our church office fits about 50 people. I want every single one of you there. If everybody showed up in our church, we'd be around 275 people. Now, we can't maintain that. We'll go out in the parking lot and do it if we have to. You know what I'm saying? Lord, if that happens, what we'll do is we'll figure it out and we'll come and rent the Civic Center and do it on a Wednesday and Saturday. But I don't want that to deter you from coming. I want you to come. I want you to experience it, even if you've never tried it before. So why do we do 21 days of prayer and fasting? You ready for this? Plain and simple, because I'm desperate for God. That's why. I'm desperate. I cannot do this. I can't lead this church. I can't lead my family. I can't be a good husband to Linda. I can't be a good father to my son if I'm not experiencing the joy, the love, and the passion, the presence of a powerful God in my life. Just can't do it. I am desperate for God. And here's the truth. You can't lead your family, your spouse. Your, you, you can't do it either. You need something that goes beyond you. You need something supernatural. You need the power of God awakened on the inside of your life. And the secret to living your best life, my friends, is creating the habit of a God-first life of prayer and fasting. Well, Pastor Ed, I don't know, man. This just seems pretty extreme, man. Like this seems a little crazy, over the top. Yeah, well, people who live their best life, they do consistently what other people only do occasionally. And I want my best life in 2022 to be close to Jesus, to be close to God, hearing his voice. Let me just remind you, what is prayer? Prayer connects us to God. What is fasting? It just disconnects us from the world. That's it. <laughs> That's it. See, many of us think that fasting is, oh man, I gotta suffer for Jesus. I gotta put those chocolate peanut butter and chocolate candies away for 21 days. How am I gonna make it without my Reese's? <laughs> Are we serious? Fasting is not suffering for Jesus, everybody. Fasting is simply positioning, look at this, positioning your spirit, our spirit, to hear from God. Fasting prepares us to hear God's voice. And I couldn't think of a better gift that we all need to receive in 2022 than be able to come to a place where we can truly hear God's voice speaking to us as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as sons, daughters, relations, whatever area, we need to be able to hear God's voice. You need to be able to hear God's voice. So how does it work? I don't know. But what I do know is this. Scripture teaches us this, and I want to show you this, and that is you're a triune being. I'm a triune being. What does that mean? We have a body that connects to, put this on the screen, my friend. We have a body that connects to ourselves. We have a soul that connects to others. And we have a spirit that connects to God. So time out. Body connects us to ourself. This is our hungers, our lusts, our appetites, the things that we see, that we want, that we want to feel. 
It's our body. Many of us just came through Christmas feeding our body, didn't we? Come on, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me, give me, give me, man. I'll eat it all. I don't care. Like, I got the stretchy pants on. I'm ready to go. Been doing it for two months since Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? Body, body, body. Me, 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 me. Soul is what connects us to others. This is our mind. This is our will. This is our emotions and our emotional health and a part of our personality. And then there's the spirit part of us. This is the part that gets saved when we give our heart to Jesus, that gets renewed. It's our spirit, and that is what connects us to God. Now, this is what I need you to know about all of these three. All of these three, body, soul, spirit, guess what they're doing? They're fighting for each other. Like, no, I'm going to be on top. No, I'm going to be on top. No, I'm going to be on top. Like, I want to be in control. So your body, you know when your body's in control, when you want when, what you want, when you want it, however you want, with whoever you want. That's how you know your body's in control. How do you know your soul's in control, your mind, your will, and emotions? Well, if somebody mentions president, whoever, and you lose it, and you go all negative, you know, Nancy, or negative Jimmy, or negative Bob, and you go off because somebody just mentioned politics, my brother, my sister, it's probably time to turn the media off in your life. Because your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, it affects your negativity, your attitude, and like it leads to confusion. And like if you can't even see clearly to make a next step, maybe, maybe your soul is in control. But we all want to get to the place where our spirit is in control. Why? Because our spirit connects us to God, leads us to love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. Body, you better back up because the spirit of God is in control. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the battle that's happening within all of us. And so fasting, what does it do? It starves our body. Fasting, what does it do? It starves our soul. Fasting, what does it do? It connects us to God. It puts the Spirit of God back in control in our lives to where we can actually hear the voice of God. And so there are several different fasts you can participate in. I'm just showing you the options that you can pray about. I want to encourage you to consider this. There's a complete fast, a selective fast, a partial fast, and a soul fast. And somebody told me earlier, where's the no fast? Like, can I do that option? <laughs> I was like, nah, that doesn't work that way. Okay. Um, complete fast. That simply means that you're going water only and you're not eating any kind of food for 21 days. Hear me online. Hear me in the room. If you decide to do that, please consult with a doctor. Please consult with a physician. Because sometimes there are some things biologically that we shouldn't take that step. And again, I just need you to understand that these are in no particular order. Like God doesn't look at somebody who just drinks water only for 21 days any more special than he looks at somebody who does a soul fast. Okay, so complete fast, that's just getting rid of food completely. Selective fast is saying, you know, if I'm going to put down the peanut butter cups, I'm going to put down the Coke, the caffeine, the coffee, the sweets, the meats, the breads. Oh, dear God, I love bread. Thank you, Jesus. Partial fast. Certain meats or foods, like some people call this the Jewish fast, and, and that's where you're like, I'm not going to eat lunch, or I'm not going to eat dinner, or I'm just not going to eat from sunrise to sunset. I'll eat before the sun rises, and I'll eat after the sun sets. Then there's the soul fast. The soul, remember, mind, will, emotions. It's all about what we fast with what we allow in our eyes and in our ears. It's media. It's TV. It's radio. It's Facebook. It's social media. It's Instagram. It's all those things. 2020, 2022 will be the best year of your life. If it's the year of your life, you repent, put God first, your day, your week, your month, your schedule, your budget, and at the beginning of your year through prayer and fasting. So all I'm doing is creating opportunity. I want you to pray. I want you to ask God. And I simply want you to respond. And here's the key. I want you to expect results. I want you to come at this with an expectation that you're going to receive from God. Why? Because what I read in Scripture in Isaiah 58, and I don't have time to read the whole verse or the whole chapter, but it'll take you like two minutes to do it, okay? But I'm going to give you an excerpt from Isaiah 58 that talks about fasting, the benefit, the promise of God. Three things. You ready for it? Look at this. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Like you'll be able to see clearly. The fog will begin to lift, and your light will shine forth like the dawn, and your healing, my friends. Everybody say healing your healing will quickly appear. Now, for some of you, that may be physical healing. For some of you, it may be emotional healing. For some of you, it just may be just a healing in your mind. It's just gonna be healing. And this is the promise of God, healing in your marriage, healing in your relationships, healing, byproduct of the promise of fasting. Second promise, same verse, then your righteousness will go before you. Now, time out. Righteousness doesn't mean perfection. 
What does it mean? It means that your life will be set apart for God and you'll begin to experience the sanctification of the Spirit of Christ in you, sanctifying you, making you become more like Him, giving you the desires of His heart, not your heart. And you're like, whoa, I'd never wanted to do that before, but now I really want to do it because it's amazing and there's so much joy and fulfillment that comes from it. This is righteousness. Here's the third promise. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You'll begin to be able to hear God's voice in your life. You will cry for help and you'll be able to hear him say, here am I. Every day of your life, God is speaking. Here am I. The problem is God doesn't speak in a shout. He speaks in a whisper. We can't hear his voice because the volume of the world is so loud. So we take some time to turn down the volume of the world by starving our body, starving our mind, our will and emotions to connect our spirit to God so that 2022 will be the year we hear God's voice clearly say, here am I. Will you bow your head and close your eyes all across the room? I want to pray for you. God, I thank you for my family in this room. I love them so much. And God, I'm asking today that as we've read your word and we've respond, like, and we're receiving it, I pray that our eyes of our heart will be open to see your love, your compassion, your mercy, and your grace in the truth that is turning from our sin, repenting, course correcting, changing, and then taking the step to put you first in our day, spending time with you in our week, not only singing songs of worship, but living a life of worship in service to you, putting you first on our schedule and in our budget and experiencing the joy of generosity in our life, of our lives making an eternal difference. And by giving you the first of our year, God, we love you. We surrender to you now in this moment. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, someone may be in this room or even joining us online. If you're honest, you're like, I don't have a relationship with God. I want to experience Jesus. I want to experience the fulfillment that comes from a relationship. I want my sins forgiven. I want to repent and I want to turn to God, but I don't know where to start. And if that's you today, I want to pray with you right where you are. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to call you down front, but I want to pray with you right where you are. Will you be so bold right now in this moment to raise your hand and just let me know who you are. And I want to pray for you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? This is the moment you say, I am surrendering my life to God. I'm repenting. I'm turning from my sin and I'm experiencing the power and the love of God today. God bless you, sir. Way to go, man. Greatest decision of your life, my friends. Will you put your hands down? Will you pray a prayer like this? Whether you raised your hand or didn't, we're a family. We pray together as a family. So pray this, God, thank you for wanting to have a relationship with me. Thank you for Jesus. I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I repent. I turn and I come running to you. I give you my life. I give you my everything because you gave me your all. I love you. I trust you. Help me to walk a God first life out every day of my life. In Jesus name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Can we throw our hands together and celebrate with those who made a decision to follow Jesus? Way to go.